0: Hey there, it's Scary Parish. It's Thursday, February 14th, 2019. Welcome back to the Ion on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And if anybody ever dares to question whether we're committed to this stupid podcast, let the record show that we have now recorded on New Year's Eve and the night of Valentine's Day. Most reasonable humans are with their loved ones right now sharing a nice meal. Uh, getting ready to perhaps be affectionate with one another. And then here we are, alone, with headphones on, discussing, I don't know, Temple's at-large chances or something. Anyway, <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, Norlander. It's a pleasure to spend this evening with you. <laughs>
1: uh, see, you are, first of all, if you want to get into Temple, anytime, we're, we're overdue to talk dumps owls who are 18 and 7 and uh, got a big opportunity at USF on Saturday. You are in New York for work, so listen, you know, you're in your hotel room you don't have the opportunity to be with your wife however as we record this podcast on valentine's night out of necessity my wife i do not i do not make this up to you she is watching on the e network uh, she's watching 50 shades of gray on the couch as i record this podcast with you so this is
0: she's going to be ready to go
1: <laughs> i mean it's it's not. It's not the uh, the uncut whatever version. But she's uh, yeah. I I hooked her up with some Valentine's stuff, and she's enjoying. And she's like, yeah, go have fun with your with your real husband. And I said, thanks. We're gonna have a blast on this podcast. So uh, dedication is there. I thought you were gonna mention all like we've recorded at least at least three podcasts this uh, this season that were after the 1 a.m. One hour. So um, but nothing to but love. For my wife, and uh, she is she is truly amazing and totally understanding. Um, we're recording Valentine's night because well, one, we we both have duties on Friday. Uh, you there in New York, and then I I'm I'm on a plane first thing in the morning to try and get to Lexington in time for media availability for obviously the biggest game of the weekend, uh, Vols at Wildcatch which is going down Saturday night at eight o'clock. So. Getting this to you uh, for the hardcores, we're getting this to you Thursday night. To anyone listening, we appreciate that. Uh, and for the Friday morning computer commuters, uh, all the same. And I do want to say, as before we <laughs> before we transition to whatever you want to transition to. I, uh, I was like doing stuff with the kids and stuff so I didn't have Twitter up uh, most of the most of the afternoon and evening and then I brought it up just as we were getting ready to record and a woman named Jessica Ennis says she goes thanks to Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish's podcast a couple of nights ago my husband is signing off G Chats now with The World is a Vampire so we are like we are actually having real world effect on marriages and, and like G Chat conversations uh, apparently people like this randomly dropping in Smashing Pumpkins references so I will mix in any and all alternative rock from the 1990 on the podcast, just say the word. But I just thought that was a little bit too funny, Um little, little uh, Smashing Pumpkins love, and apparently the listenership appreciated it. So,
0: Yeah, people were fired up about the uh, Smashing Pumpkins conversation that led to me over and over again announcing that it's true. The world is a vampire. And I, I figured out the rest of it. The world is a vampire.
1: Do, 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 do.
0: And to drain <laughs> That's all I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's good stuff there. That's, I, would, like, I would have actually <laughs>
0: like, like so many other things on the podcast. It happens uh, totally out of nowhere. Devin Downey was never planned. Um, Leaky Black was never planned. Uh, I do think I actually did plan for camel fighting. That was planned. I did a lot of research on that in advance. So it just uh, it's something that happened. And perhaps one day it'll happen again.
1: Perhaps one day it will, and I actually was uh, impulsed to watch the Bullet with Butterfly Wings uh, video <laughs> the next morning, and that was, that was uh, a, a follicle-laden Corgan-era Smashing Pumpkins. He was not yet bald then, so uh, I had forgotten about that. But anyway, we could, I could really slip down that, that musical, so let's not get too out of hand here. Reminder, it is Valentine's night. My wife is on the couch right now.
0: Not only on the couch, she's on the couch watching Fifty Shades of Grey. Who boy, you in for a night. You uh, in for a night I got to get up podcast. early. I
1: don't know about that, my man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I actually watched the uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings video, too. Like three in the morning, I found myself watching <laughs> Smashing Pumpkin videos on YouTube. And then I actually like turned, uh, what's it called, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I listened to that album as I fell asleep. And because it was like 4.30 in the morning, I fell asleep pretty quickly. But either way. Um, I did everything I could do to get the streaming numbers up for Smashing Pumpkins uh, <laughs> earlier uh, this week. So there's nothing significant or too significant that happened since we last recorded. Five ranked teams played on Wednesday night. They all won. Houston is playing at UConn right now as we speak. They're up 15 with less than five to play. I'm assuming they're going to close that out. Gonzaga plays tonight on the road, but they're about a 20-point favorite on the road. I'm assuming they'll handle that with ease. And so let's just look ahead to the weekend where there are three games scheduled between two ranked teams. And the big one is obvious. It's number one, Tennessee, at number five, Kentucky, Saturday night, Rupp Arena. Tip is scheduled for eight p.m. Eastern. You can watch it on ESPN. The Vols come in 23-1, 20 double-digit wins. They're 11-0 and in the SEC, and those 11 league wins have come by an average of 16.6 points. So they've just been overwhelming people. But this is also true. Tennessee hasn't played a currently ranked team since it beat Gonzaga more than two months ago. They haven't played a top 30 kinpom team on the road all season. So this is a test unlike anything else they face. Norlander, as you mentioned, you're going to be inside Rupp Arena on Saturday night. How pumped are you for this matchup in Lexington? Uh,
1: I'm pretty pumped. I think it's got a a very good chance of being a better game than the previous game day game, Duke at Virginia, which was exciting and had its highlights for all the reasons we've documented uh, earlier in this week on the podcast. But I feel like this one, even though Tennessee has just done so well within the league at this point, um, I... I like Kentucky's chances, obviously on the home floor, coming off a, a rough loss there. That was Kentucky's first home loss of the season. Tennessee, you mentioned that it hasn't played a, a top-tier team on the road yet. It is six and zero in road games uh, this season. Quad one, just five games total, four and one for the Vols. This is obviously a potentially a signature win, and for Kentucky, which has played twice as many quad one games at seven and three, ten total opponents to so Tennessee's five. Um, uh, I've heard a, a little bit of chatter that I completely agree with uh, you know if Kentucky you know has its eyes on trying to get a number one seed I, th- I actually think it has to sweep Tennessee given the nature of what's left on its schedule and then what the SEC tournaments going to produce it's going to be hard I think for Kentucky to, to leapfrog the vols if they already drop one at home this weekend so that's potentially just a, a little bit of a bigger picture objective for the Wildcats there. But I do think it's going to be a close one, and I'm most intrigued to see how much Ashton Haggins is on the floor, and then how well he does against Jordan Bone, who, uh, frankly, if you've watched Tennessee much of this season, I think it's not an exaggeration to say that Jordan Bone has been a top five most valuable point guard, maybe just top five overall just... uh, Fantastic point guard in college hoops this season. Obviously, Williams and Schofield get the load of the attention, as they should. They're both, I mean, Williams is a top-five player of the year candidate, and Schofield, you could argue, is really knocking on the door of second-team All-America status. Uh, but Bone isn't really that too far behind, one of the best distributors in college basketball, and he's always on the floor, plays a ton of minutes because he does not get in foul trouble. And so I'm interested to see him versus Haggins or him versus whomever Kentucky tries to put on him. Uh, I know the front court's going to be the the main attention on the battle, but I almost feel like uh, how bone plays might dictate whether UT wins or not.
0: Obviously, because this game is um, not only a top-five matchup, but a game against one of the biggest brands in the sport, uh, Kentucky Hall of Fame coach John Calipari, you know, inside Rupp Arena, you know, on national television in primetime, it's getting a lot of attention. There's a lot of words being written about it leading up and it's been funny to me to like I've read I think multiple pieces where the the this the basic premise is can you believe this is a Tennessee team that doesn't have a single former top one hundred high school recruit on its roster? And I'm like, we've literally been talking about that for a year. Yeah. Like like we did we didn't wait until Tennessee was ranked number one in the country to point out how bizarre it was that Rick Barnes has built this Reigning SEC championship team in the way that he's built it. We were talking about it last year as Tennessee was marching toward, you know, uh, um, sharing the SEC regular season title uh, with Auburn. So it is nice to see uh, the rest of everybody finally picking up on this unique roster situation, but uh, it's not really breaking news that the same roster that won the SEC last season didn't have a top 100 prospect on it. Like that's the one that uh, you're going to watch on Saturday night inside Rupp. And one other thing about, um, You know Tennessee's schedule, because as you know, uh, every morning I wake up at different times, but uh, among the first things I do after taking a shower and brushing my teeth is I rank 26 basketball teams, and then I tweet a link, and then I just watch people go crazy all in my Twitter mentions, and uh, lately it has been uh, not all, it's never all, but some Duke fans wondering why Tennessee continues to be number one in the top 25 and one when it is undeniable And when I say it's undeniable, that means I agree with you that Duke has better wins, significantly better wins than Tennessee. And the answer to that question, and I know I've written about this before, I'm confident we've talked about it before, is that I'm not going to drop Tennessee uh, until it loses a game. Period. End of story. I do not care how many top 25 or top 50 wins Duke adds between now and the time Tennessee um, loses next. And it might come Saturday. But if Tennessee wins for the next three weeks, I don't care what Duke does or anybody below Tennessee does. Tennessee's going to stay number one because here's the truth. Tennessee went out in its non-league and they scheduled Louisville, or they had Louisville on a neutral court. They knocked that out. They had Kansas on a neutral court, lost that in overtime. It's the only loss on the resume. They had Gonzaga on a neutral. They went to Memphis and played, and Memphis isn't good, but that can still be tricky. They challenged themselves in the non-league, And ever since then, all they've done is played the league schedule that the SEC gave to them. And so it's not really their fault that they haven't played a currently ranked team since uh, they played Gonzaga back on December 9th. Because it is nothing more than a byproduct of the schedule that the SEC gave them. And they're going to be able to change that going forward. They've got at Kentucky this weekend, at LSU, Uh, the following Saturday at Ole Miss on February 27th. They host Kentucky on March 6th. They get Mississippi State at home on March 5th, and then they close the regular season at Auburn against a struggling Auburn team. Perhaps we'll get into that another day. But, like, if you think Tennessee is fraudulent or undeserving of their ranking, well, we'll find out soon enough. But I'm just fundamentally not going to penalize a team That has been awesome and overwhelming. And that'd be another thing. If they were just squeaking by these unranked teams, they're beating their brains in basically every night. Again, 23 wins. 20 of those 23 have been double-digit wins. 11-0 in the SEC. Average margin of victory, 16.6 points. It'd be one thing if they were squeaking by. But they're taking these unranked teams and just beating the crap out of them. I'm not going to punish team like that if they lose Saturday at Kentucky or any other place going forward I'll adjust accordingly but you don't ever have to ask me again on Twitter the answer to your question is until Tennessee loses Tennessee's going to be number one I don't care how many top 50 wins anybody below them accumulates
1: yeah I really don't have much to add to that GP Tennessee is fourth in the country in scoring margin the only teams that are doing better or Gonzaga, which is beating league opponents by 31 points a game. It's insane. Uh, Duke is at 20.5, Virginia 18.2, Tennessee 18.1. Guess who's fifth, Parrish? Oh, probably uh, probably Wofford. You're damn freaking right. Wofford, Quadrant 1 update, 28th in the net ranking, by the way, the Wofford Terriers and Fletcher McGee. How about that? Wofford, fifth in the nation. hmm Scoring margin, 17.2. But your point about Tennessee is absolutely accurate, and I just don't even see much fraudulence there. I don't see fraudulence if they lose by 14 at Kentucky, at Kentucky on Saturday, because Kentucky's really, really good national championship contender, champion at the bit. And Tennessee, frankly, maybe they're just, they're just due for a little bit of a stinker. I'm not thinking that it's going to happen, but if it does, if you tell me Kentucky wins you know, 76-64, like, I won't be totally stunned, I guess, but Keep the balls where they're at, man. They're they have been playing and operating like a top three team in America for well over a month.
0: Uh, it's funny the other night when Duke rallied from twenty three down to beat Louisville on the road. We discussed it um, extensively on the on the previous podcast. I had a guy who's always tweeting me about the rankings. He said who and who also believes that I should not have Tennessee number one. That I should have uh, Duke number one. He said, "Come on, man." you really trying to tell me Tennessee could come back from 23 down against anybody. And I was going to retweet it and be like, I know that's a trick question because Tennessee would never be down 23 to anybody. But then I was like, the second I tweet that they're going to go to Rupp arena and be down 27 points in the second half. And and then I'll be on freezing cold takes and all that other stuff. So I just had to avoid it. But um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Like, Good teams lose on the road to other good teams all the time, and sometimes by double digits. So if Tennessee goes and loses by double digits, that won't be crazy to me, but it also won't make me think that they were undeserving of their number one ranking. And either way, and this is what I always do, I'm I'm, I'm rooting for me, which means by extension, I'm rooting for the top 25 and one. So I'm taking the Vols to win inside Rupp Arena.
1: All right, what's the next game? Straight up. What's your pick, punk? <laughs> I don't think we've had a punk drop on the pod. <laughs> Maybe ever. So uh, my pick will be – my pick will go – I'll go Wildcats. And I'll say uh, – I'll say 75-72 Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I'll take uh, Tennessee. Let's go 73-72. Tennessee seventy-three, seventy-two to improve to twelve and zero in the SEC and to pre- improve to twenty-four and one on the season. It'll be one of these rare single-digit wins for the Vols, but a win nonetheless. And again, um, I realize I'm on the wrong side of this from a odds maker's perspective, and it's got nothing to do with Kentucky. I really just don't want Duke fans to have to tell me that I told th- that they told me so. So, again, I'm rooting for me. I'm not rooting for Tennessee or against Kentucky. I'm rooting for my Twitter mentions, and that means uh, we need the Vols to to go into Rupp Arena and win on Saturday night. Another big game this weekend is going to be number 23 Iowa State at number 18 Kansas State. We're going to get into that momentarily, but first, check this out.
1: with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So it's number 23
0: Iowa State at number 18 Kansas State on Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that one on ESPN2. Kansas State enters... With a two-game lead in the loss column of the Big 12 standings, that two-game lead is over Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, and, yes, the Kansas Jayhawks. Kim Palm now projects, for whatever it's worth, Bruce Weber's Wildcats to win the Big 12 outright with a 13-5 and league record. So they're in a good spot. But this is a tough test for a Kansas State team that's that's now won nine straight Big 12 games. They're 9-2 and two in the league right now. They're going to be 10-2 and two come Saturday night, Orlando, or... Iowa State gonna get a road win
1: I'll get to, I'll go with some carnage here Iowa State is a high quality high talent team had a weird loss at home last weekend to TCU gave up 92 points um, Kansas State is fourth in the nation in just points per game allowed 59 and a half. Uh, doing doing well in that regard but I'll I'll ride with ISU here it took the took the home favorite with the Wildcats I'll take the road dog with ISU Kansas State has played well they hopped into my power rankings on Thursday Iowa State still still there and uh, and K State has lost only once in the past five weeks and that uh, was the weird one like they really should be should be riding what a 10 game win streak at this point but they fell at A&;M by 12 during that SEC Big 12 challenge uh, have have not lost a big 12 game since they fell at Texas Tech on Saturday. And a quick side note on the Red Raiders. They are back and have found their groove and looking tremendous on defense. Uh, We'll see what they can do, if they can keep that up. But I I will take Iowa State to win this one. Um, Feels like a a hard game to really get a grasp on because of how good K-State is on defense. They got the home floor. But I think Iowa State, with with all of its talent, is uh, certainly capable. Mariel Shayok continues to get better and better. And then they've got a lot of talent around him. Um, You know, Horton Tucker, Wigginson. Tyrese Halliburton is a is a three point shooting marvel as a freshman. So give me the Cyclones to uh to muck up the Big Twelve Conference. Almost like sometimes, not sometimes. I just thought about this randomly. But did you see like Avengers Infinity War? Did you see that movie or no, Parrish?
0: I did not. Okay. I know like, like somehow everybody died at the end. Well, I no,
1: don't. not everybody. Um, I I don't want to spoil anything, but there is. I do. <laughs> I know, well, but I'm not gonna. I want <laughs> <Dang. laughs> You tell me exactly
0: what happened at the end of that movie. All
1: right. So, if you have not seen Avengers: Affinity War, I, I I say Affinity War, Infinity War. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> just fast forward for like the next 30 seconds. Okay. So basically, the the main villain gets this thing called a gauntlet. You know, a big glove, and he's got to have these different Infinity Stones on them. And then when he does that, uh, he wants to wipe out half of all living kind in the universe and that's what happens at the end of that movie some characters live some characters turn to ash and then the next movie when it comes out it's going to be all about um you know how those characters that died like come back because we know that some of them if not all of them will but uh there's a scene in that movie i swear to god this connects to a weird thought i have on the big 12 (laughs) there's a scene in that movie and if you're at this point uh, i guess i've spoiled everything that needs to be spoiled with another one other small thing um So, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Doctor Strange, and he has the ability to, like, look forward in time and all this stuff. And when Thanos, the main villain, has... uh there are probably some Infinity War fanboys. I don't know what the crossover was with, with Marvel fanboys in our podcast, but there might be one or two dudes or, or women that are uh, big-time into that stuff. But anyway, um, I believe it's uh, Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, asks Dr. Strange. He's like, you know, I've I've looked through the timelines and stuff, and I've looked through X amount of potential outcomes and scenarios, and, uh, you know, Thanos wins this many times. And then Robert Downey Jr. goes... And how many times do we win? And he goes, one. Which is annoying, by the way. Like, he couldn't have said, like, seven. Like, <laughs> only once, only in one possible scenario do uh, do the Avengers win. That's annoying to me, but whatever. It's a pet peeve. So um, what I'm getting at it here is um, I think there are a bunch of timelines here with the Big 12 this season. But there's only, like one or or four in which Kansas doesn't wind up at the end of the standings because it always happens. And that's why I think Iowa State is going to beat Kansas State because it's going to continue to make more of a mess of the Big 12 standings. That's a really, really long exposition and a wacky, dorky theory, but there you have it.
0: Yeah, that even like outdid me for really wacky long explanations <laughs> about stuff. You 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 you're gonna you're gonna own that crown at least for this. I gotta day. own
1: it. The,
0: yeah, I gotta <laughs> <basketball laughs> own it. Hey, let's uh let's ruin some more movies. Like how about you wanna talk about the end of Stars Born? I haven't seen it, so
1: can you please not? i thought everybody had seen a star born at this point i don't have the time to see that um let's spoil the end of roma have you seen roma
0: yet i'm trying to watch all the best picture nominations i haven't seen that knocked out roma
1: i haven't seen roma Um, i ruin
0: it for you right now if you want me to i can tell you everything that happened
1: you know what you can go ahead and ruin roma for me i'm not i'm not that keen on on seeing it so go ahead
0: I tell you, no, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I will say okay. this. It's the favorite to win the Oscar for Best Picture, so I was like, I'm going to watch it, even though it's a black and white film in Spanish. I'm going to commit to doing this, and I know that it's beautiful, and I know every film critic loved it. Dude, I could not wait for that movie to get over with. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I don't have any idea how that could win Best Picture because I um, I was just... like, I had to get... It felt like when you're doing... A homework assignment and you're like okay if i can just get a little done right now then that'll be a little less i have to do later that's the way i felt watching roma i was like you know if i can watch 15 minutes right now i'll be 15 minutes closer to the end that's not the way a movie should be you shouldn't be just waiting for the end to be done with it yeah. that's where i was with roma i, I, can't, I agree I can't have that winning best picture
1: so you got iowa state or kansas state winning my man i'm taking kansas state i'm not picking against the
0: Wildcats in the Octagon of Doom? Are you out of your mind? Do you not respect the Octagon of Doom?
1: All right, so you're not uh, you're not on board with my Infinity War Big Twelve theory. Okay, that's understandable. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> not- if anyone else is, so that's totally <laughs> I'll be, fine. I got I got lost somewhere in your <laughs> Infinity War. Oh, but I, I will say this, like. I don't know if you've seen any of these movies. You, you kind of have to see some to see those, but at the same time, you don't. Like Infinity War is actually it's pretty awesome. So that and Black Panther are like really, really, really good. So I, I do recommend that if you can squeeze in the time.
0: I did watch Black Panther. I don't watch the like Marvel movies or the quote-unquote superhero movies like on the regular because it got to a point where there were just too many of them, and I felt like if you missed one, then you'd, like, you like you needed to watch them all. And I was like, I don't have time to watch twenty movies about. Yeah about superheroes so I just like clocked out completely but but I did watch Black Panther because it was nominated for an Oscar
1: yeah and, and that, actually, was, that was, I enjoy awesome movie right yeah I'd say infinity war is almost even with Black Panther Black Panther might be a little bit better so you will uh I think you'll enjoy it so anyway
0: I'm t- I'm taking the Wildcats inside the octagon of doom. Uh, again, they've got a two-game lead in the loss column. So wins like these that are basically coin flip situations, because it is, uh, are super important. If Not only if you're trying to uh, share the Big 12 title and, like, hang a banner, but if you're trying to, to win it outright so that you can be the school that snaps KU's streak, be the rival that snaps KU's streak, these are the types of games that can help you do that. Uh, That's going to be a fun game. Again, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's on ESPN2. And for whatever it's worth, even though Kansas State has a two-game lead in the league standings in the loss column, um, their adjusted efficiency margin actually ranks fourth in the Big 12 behind Texas Tech, Kansas, and Iowa State. That's why, even though the game is being played at Kansas State and Kansas State is in first place in the Big 12, uh, I, I promise you, when the point spread comes out on that, it's going to be one or two. It's not going to be as significant as, as, as what some people might uh, anticipate. The third game of the weekend between two ranked teams is number 24 Maryland at number six Michigan. That's Saturday noon Eastern. You can watch it on Fox. And it should be noted that the Wolverines are just two and two in their past four games. It's the result of Tuesday 75-69 loss at Penn State. That dropped Michigan to 22 and three. So, like, look, big picture Michigan's 22 and three, still tied atop the Big Ten standings. Big picture, things are fine. But Michigan has gone from 17 and 0 to 22 and three in the past month. Put another way, Michigan's just 5-3 and three in its past eight games, which is an undeniable drop-off from the beginning of the season when they were smashing people. Meantime, Maryland's won two straight. Mark Turgeon's Terrapins are coming off a double-digit win over Purdue, so they're playing well. Bruno Fernando is playing well, but this game is in Ann Arbor where Michigan is 15-0 and this season. Do you give Maryland any sort of realistic chance to go get this road win or not?
1: I do give them a realistic chance, but I will not pick them. Like I, yes, they can. They can pick them off. I, you know, if you put Maryland and Michigan uh, in this exact same environment and ran it twenty times, give me Michigan fourteen out of the twenty probably. Um, so I, I give Maryland somewhat decent shot. And yeah, Michigan is slumping. Uh, I had to finally just yank them out of my out of my top ten overall just because it's. Uh, I don't know. Th- the offense isn't as smooth as it probably should be. Defense is still really, really good, um, and Brezdicus Iggy has been uh, has been good, but his like he started off the season really, really hot and hasn't been able to continue that the way that he did earlier in the season. But I will take Michigan. Really, uh, a nice uh, a nice way to kick off the day. Um, you know, Saturday is not overly loaded with a lot of good games, but this is a really nice noon tip here, and then obviously Tennessee-Kentucky is what you'll wrap with, and then in between um, there's some decent stuff here and there, but it's going to be more of a weekend where you, you you look through the day, see if we get any crazy games, wild finishes or whatever, and then you kind of check the carnage on the weekend and see what teams might have slid onto the bubble, gotten off it, who adjusted near the top of the seed lines and all that kind of stuff, but I am fascinated by this game. Maryland has, has been... Just a little removed from the. All right, this team is good enough to be in contention for the Final Four. It hasn't quite got to that point, in my opinion. Uh, a win against Michigan, they'll probably be made more of Michigan losing, and I guess that's fair. But I think a win here for Maryland might finally bump them up to that uh, to that next tier because the Terrapins have been they've been good, but they've just taken losses here or there. That's kind of uh, prevented them from really just you know advancing to the forefront of the national conversation.
0: Yeah, interesting game. I mean, any game between two ranked teams, or at least most games between two ranked teams, are, are going to be interesting. And given that Michigan is not playing as well right now as it played earlier in the season, yeah, you give Maryland a puncher's chance, but I'm not going to pick against Michigan at home um, against a uh, a team that, according to all the computers, is is a lesser team. Like, you got home court advantage. You're supposed to be the better team. You're supposed to win that game. I suspect Michigan probably wins that game. I know you do as well. Anything else? Uh, on your radar this weekend on Sunday. It's not a game between two ranked teams, but it is a, a game between two NCAA tournament projected teams. Number 13, Villanova at St. John's. It's going to tip at 5 o'clock Eastern, again, on Sunday. It's inside Madison Square Garden. Uh, it'll be on FS1. Jerry Palm's got the Red Storm right now as an eight seed. They're 47th in the net, 53rd at Ken Palm. So Jerry likes them more than the computers like them. But this is sort of interesting. Even though they are safely in the field right now, according to Jerry, They haven't won consecutive games since January 1st and January 5th. Mm. Here's the way that stretch has gone. After they won two games straight, then it was a loss and a loss and then a win, then a loss and a loss, then a win, then a loss, then a win, then a loss, then a win. So they've got an opportunity to uh, string victories uh, back to back for the first time since early in January 2019, but obviously Villanova is a, a pretty tough test. But that is an interesting game, even if it's not a game between two ranked teams.
1: Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Uh, Villanova losing in that spot would then open the door for Marquette, obviously, to uh, to go even if if that you know if if Marquette can uh, can maintain that when they when they meet again. Uh, that's I would say that's the most intriguing of the games that we didn't touch on uh, Sunday overall. I mean, as we record this podcast here, man, you've got Michigan State uh, hosting Ohio State at CBS 1 o'clock on Sunday. And, I mean, I'm watching right now. Illinois is up 55-51 on Ohio State as we are wrapping this podcast. So uh, <laughs> that game becomes all the more urgent if the Buckeyes can't pull this out here. That's the other, I guess, notable game of Sunday because otherwise there's just not a lot there. I will say, you know, standard Friday prediction here. Buffalo plays at Toledo. Toledo is a top 50 Ken Palm team. Buffalo would still... Have at large credentials, I think, easily even with the loss here. Um, but if it gets a win, like that's a that's a high quality road win, quad two road win, um, just adds to the resume, keeps their keeps their chances at, uh, at having a good seed uh, out there. But I'm going to take Toledo to beat the to beat the Bulls. So, are you willing to make a, a Thursday prediction for a Friday podcast, or I don't, I like you know technically a Thursday podcast? Do you want to just throw out a prediction for that, or are you going to bypass that altogether?
0: I don't pick Friday games. We've been okay. through this. <laughs> I mean, listen, everybody has to, you, you know, you have to draw s- your s- line wherever you want your line to be. Uh, if you if you aren't principled in this world, um, you know, you're going to end up, I don't know really where I was going with you that. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make something sound really good. I just couldn't find the words yes. for it. <laughs> no. But I. But my point is, I don't pick Friday Night Games. That's a decision I made a long time ago. I committed to that.
1: Oh, boy. Um, other things hitting my radar.
0: Let's, let me hold up. I'm uh, not going to predict the game cuz I don't pick Friday night games, but I will say let, there's no real shame in going and losing at Toledo for all the reasons you pointed out. Toledo's good. But at what point if they lose at Toledo and maybe lose again somewhere, at what point are they like in a real bubble conversation?
1: Um I think they two, don't have good wins. I think two, I think two more losses and they're in a in a bubble conversation because if you really look at the other teams that would be around them at this point, GP, um, they still, they still have a resume that 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 rises above that. I mean, it, listen, winning at West Virginia at Syracuse, Syracuse is quad one. West Virginia is quad two, I believe at this point. I don't have their resume up in front of me, um, but you, you're right. But I still think you know only three losses and the losses. One's a quad, one. I think the other two might be quad twos. So you might have a quad three in there. But um, you're and right. I, two, two more, two more, and and they're there. I, I think one more. They're still. They've got. They've got a little slack. But uh, we'll 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 assess if we get to that point.
0: Yeah, and I don't want that to come across as like get Buffalo out of here. I'm just saying um, because listen, I'd rather have Buffalo in the tournament as an at large than you know some completely mediocre. Uh, you know. Uh, SEC team that we've watched just, you know, win. We know exactly what they are. Uh, They've got some Quadrant One wins because they had a million opportunities but they lost more than they won. I I don't care about those teams at all. I'd much rather have uh, a Buffalo team that might be sitting on like 28, 29, 30 wins on Selection Sunday because I do think they're capable, just like last year, of knocking people off. But their their rise into the national conversation, because they've been ranked all year now. Um, is super interesting with the benefit of hindsight because it was rooted in two things, really. The win at West Virginia and the win at Syracuse. Well, the win at West Virginia doesn't mean anything anymore. West Virginia is terrible. Mm. And I'll give you credit. You predicted it in the preseason. I-, I didn't. Everybody else had them in the top 25. You said West Virginia not going to be good. They're not good. But at the time, Buffalo beats West Virginia – Nobody was screaming West Virginia's not any good, except for maybe you. So that win's like, ooh, Buffalo might be serious. And then they run off a whole bunch of more, a whole bunch of additional wins. And then they go to Syracuse, and beating Syracuse is rock solid. I'm not trying to discount anything, but it's like Syracuse ain't as good as we thought Syracuse was going to be. And then the rest of their resume is just, you know, it's whatever. And so they do have a win over San Francisco that's that probably solid. Is better,
1: it's solid, better, yeah,
0: yeah, better than it sounds. And they have a win over Toledo. That's better than it sounds, but if they, I, I just my point is this: they're in the top twenty-five right now. They are not safe uh, from from being, you know, in a in a real bubble conversation if they slip up at all going forward.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think that's fair. Um, one other team, one other thing I have to mention here, because uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get to it on the podcast or not, but like Oklahoma is freaking weird, dude. Like two straight years they've done the same thing basketball had,
0: program or as a state
1: as a basketball program uh <laughs> i have not been in i don't think i've ever been in the state of oklahoma i cannot comment on that but last season this season with trae young without trae young they've had these really nice starts in non-conference play beating legitimate opponents they've got to win over wofford and then they get to the big 12 and it's just a disaster like Oklahoma is now three and nine. At one point, this was a twelve and two program. It's now fifteen and ten. Has a road game at TCU. Figure TCU is going to win that. Uh, but whereas last year Oklahoma still picked up wins enough to get into the tournament, it, it finished eight and ten in the league. It's going to be. It could take its tenth league loss this Saturday. Like it's just going to be worse, and so the Sooners uh, could meet a, a pretty brutal fate. And if that does happen. They would be uh, probably the the worst uh, the worst finish with the best start of any team that started off well and then it just completely left them entirely worse than Syracuse, worse than anyone you, you want to imagine um, or think up. So, just wanted to uh, to throw that out there. Oklahoma, your season's kind of on the line here Saturday at TCU. Well, you
0: know they're another team that I think is a little bit like Buffalo in the sense that they got some stuff done early. And you're like, okay, maybe this team's for real. Then you look back at what they actually got done, with the benefit of hindsight. And the Wofford win is impressive, I, undeniably. But like, it's also just a home win over, you know, it's it's just a home win.
1: Watch yourself.
0: I wasn't gonna go that <laughs> I stopped myself. I
1: stopped myself.
0: I'm not trying to um, to to uh, speak negatively about the Terriers. Uh, I love Spartanburg, uh, but it's 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 a home win over Wofford. They beat Florida on a neutral. You start going okay. Everybody beats Florida.
1: Florida's got eleven <laughs> losses right now, <laughs>
0: below five hundred in the SEC. You can just
1: walk into the O Dome right now, GP.
0: You, you, anybody can walk into the O Dome right now. I, I wish to God Wofford would walk into the O Dome right now.
1: <laughs> I know that's uh For those who might not realize, that's a little bit of a throwback reference on the pod. Anyway, uh, but you're right. And then, like Notre it's Dame's not good. They, they beat Dayton. Whatever.
0: Yeah. They beat Notre Dame. Doesn't mean anything. Wichita State's obviously down. They beat USC. Doesn't mean anything. Creighton is very average. Northwestern stinks. Really, the only good wins on the entire resume are Wofford and, and TCU. That's probably it.
1: Yeah, that's it. That is it. Um, which is wild because I was thinking because I, I was at the game with uh, Chicago Northwestern right. CBS Sports Classic. I went there. They won in overtime, and that in that moment they're eleven and one. I'm thinking. This is this is amazing. Like no Trey Young, you guys are on your way, and then just uh-uh. And they're really good defensively. Like it's it's it's. Last year they had offense and no defense, and now it's a little bit of the exact opposite. And uh, and so yeah, sooner fans, I f- I feel for you. It's got to be frustrating. Basketball in general in the state of Oklahoma is not that it's not that good this year, but uh, the Sooners in particular, they're just they're they're a bit peculiar. And um, so you asked what other things were flying the radar. That's it. It's not. It's not like this loaded weekend, by no means. Uh, so, but as these things sometimes go, you'll we'll get we could get a story or an ending or something that we just don't see coming. Like NC State's at Duke. I think Duke is going to win with ease. That's a six o'clock tip on Saturday. We'll see what ridiculousness is brought out from the freshman there or whatever. But uh, as always, we'll keep our eyes uh, eyes out, and whatever's uh, worth chatting about, we'll be here Sunday night for it.
0: And I do want to thank you guys who have been. Uh, Following our uh, not instructions but request of subscribing to the Ion College Basketball Podcast and and rating it and uh, leaving good reviews and good ratings because um, it's showing up we're now over a thousand um, reviews nice. on iTunes and like I said every time we post publish a new episode it shoots right to the top of the category of college and high school uh, podcast, And that includes the sport of college football. As much as we love college basketball, the truth is a college basketball podcast should not be beating a college football podcast. College football is a much bigger sport. And yet because you guys have been so awesome, like we're beating them every single time we publish. So that's been uh, awesome to see. I really appreciate everybody who's taken – uh, the time to not to only subscribe, but, but rate it five stars and leave uh, nice comments because it, it does make a difference. So thank you guys for doing that. And shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. Teagle the legend. Shouts to Larnell. And uh, enjoy the weekend of college basketball. We're going to be back. Talk to you again on Sunday. Till then, take care.